Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is a crowd podcast. If you're starting to feel full and starting to feel unwell, relax. Off the top of your head, what was your worst cut? I had a falling out of Adam Booth, who was my manager. How much do I want to deplete myself and therefore blow up so I'm big on the night? You're trying to break that sweat. If you're missing weight, it's because you haven't prepared properly. Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. Good morning, Deck. Good morning. That was high pitch one. That was the highest pitch yet. How was your weekend, Deck? Did you take your, your dear old mum out for a lovely Mother's Day uh, celebration Sunday? We went to, what did we do? We went to this living rainforest. There's like poison dart frog and uh, iguana. My little boy's only four and he insisted on wearing a suit, which was quite funny. How was your Mother's Day? It was splendid, yeah. So um, couldn't get a big enough booking. Usually we, we it's all mums on deck. You know, I invite my mum, mother-in-law, sometimes nan-in-law, um, but I couldn't get a big enough table. So luckily, first time in six years, my dearly beloved uh, wife got a, a Mother's Day all to herself. So me and the two little slugs took, um, <laughs> took her out for afternoon tea because that felt like Mother's Day. I think it goes without saying that both of our mums got uh, a hoodie for Mother's Day, of course, a George Groves Boxing Club hoodie. How did that go down? Did, they, did she like it? To be honest, no, I've kept it for myself. I didn't trust her with it. So um, she hasn't had it yet. So hopefully she's not listening. She hasn't spoiled it. Still squeezing into the small? I got a bit of stick straight away from the <laughs> other half. I was like, why on earth have you swished that on? I was like, hey, I said, that's the look now. You've got to have them painted on. Allegedly, I haven't seen the stats They've been flying off the shelves. Hood, hoodies in particular, there's not many left. No, if you want one, you've got to go and get one quick. Links in the bio and, of course, water bottles as well. Yeah, water bottles. Water bottles we've got a couple more of. In this weather deck where it's not hot, people are concentrating mainly on staying warm then staying hydrated. If we'd launched this, you know, July, August, it would have been water bottles gone. And you might be inspired to buy a water bottle off the back of this, our next guest. Won't spoil who it is just yet, but... 
it's a fitness one. And actually, we've had a, a bit, a few people get in touch, George, with a couple of fitness-based questions. Obviously, the shreds challenge is long gone. It's a thing of the past, but people are still shredding. Everyone still shredding every day. But Aaron Leonard Dawson, he got in touch and he said, Hiya, what half marathon is deck training for? I'm doing the Reading half in April. Absolutely buzzing for it. Plus doing it for charity, which is a bonus as it's my first one. Brilliant podcast, lads. Sound. So, first of all, well done for being buzzing about your half marathon because I'm absolutely not. I'm doing the Prague half marathon on April Fool's Day. Having said that, I checked my passport yesterday and it is about to expire. So I'm currently in the midst of the classic passport dash trying to get it sorted so I can go to Prague. I want to see some real progress reports, some physical evidence that you're actually doing this half marathon. I don't want it to get to week of two days before and say, oh no, look, I ain't got my passport. It's, it's currently passport pending. The training, to be honest, has been going terribly. Aaron Leonard Dawson, I reckon it sounds like his training has been going well. Uh, but now I've got this bottle, now I've got my shreds bottle. There's no no stopping me. Actually, there is some stopping me and that's via the passport office. But hopefully that can be an efficient, smooth um, process. So watch this space. Anyone else been in touch, George? Brett, Ralph, but this is via Strava. You're your king of Strava, Deck. I follow your lead here. He goes, I've just done 12 times three mins on the cross trainer with 10 push-ups during each minute's rest. Fucking hell. He goes, hopefully uh, I can still move tomorrow. He probably will move tomorrow because he's very gentle, the um, the cross trainer, is, uh, and I'm sure he's working super hard. I don't, well, I've never really sort of blitzed it on the cross trainer. Have you, Deck? Do you know how to do it? They're like low impact, didn't they? But like they can still be knackering, but there's less impact on the joints. But what that means is opens the door for you to jump off and do 10 bloody push-ups in the rest. I love that. Vinny V's been in touch as well on Strava. Vinny V, Vinny Vinny Vici, as is I like Vinny to say. Vinny V though the fifth Vincent of all time he said loving the 12 round challenge just what I needed to get some power back on the bike and run smashing it triathlon wise but I haven't put gloves on for 28 years and wouldn't make the third round if it came to it good luck Vinny the fifth I mean now Vinny the fifth is actually sounding more and more realistic I'm sure yeah. he's doing it but he's on Strava so he must be tech tech savvy I'll get the gloves on mate triathlon wise yep yeah, sounds amazing a bit of swimming bit of running bit of cycling but uh, there's nothing like a bit of punching is there Dan? no he needs to do some punching okay well that leads us nicely onto our episode which is very much fitness based before we do George mm-hmm. I've written a limerick ah oh, thank god for that there was a young man called the saint who when boxing had one major complaint he had to weigh in 12 stone he was dry as a bone and if he stood up too long, he would faint. Oh, love it then. Like that? That's very good, yeah. George, why might I have written a limerick that is way in themed? We've got John Connor on, back from the future. John Connor. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> John is on. He has a PhD deck in the art of making weight. I kind of know how to do it, Deck, but I don't know how, why, when, what happened, what were the benefits, what was not. So maybe John can answer a few of them for us. Well, let's get him in, let him explain it. Hopefully T1000 doesn't track him down during the recording of this podcast. <laughs> Terminator chat, weigh in chat, what an ep. Today, we're tackling a subject that has been on the hit list for some time and something I know all too well, cutting weight. And who better to get in for this subject than someone who has a PhD? We are joined today by Dr. John Connor. John, thanks for coming in, bud. Thanks for uh, joining the club. It's great to be here. The weight cut. Where should we start? 
the body, obviously, but what's going on at this point in the weight cut? And where should we, George, here's a question for you, George, where should we bring this one in? Because your weight cut, or John, maybe you can you could tell me this, does the weight cut start the very second you start camp? The way you work it is you kind of go, there's four phases, right? So the first phase is the diet and depending on where you are. So say, for instance, you figure out what they need to be to start the cut. What we usually look at is number one is what weight class are you at? Just for argument's sake, I always go off kind of MMA mm-hmm. weight classes. So lightweight in MMA is 70 kilos, basically. And I'm always looking at, right, you need to be between 8 to 12% above that. The Saturday before the weight cut. If you're fighting Saturday, the weigh-in is Friday. The previous Saturday, you want to be 8 to 12% above what you're going to weigh in at. So if you're weighing in at 70 kilos, you know, the Saturday beforehand, just to keep the math simple, you should be 77. Your 77 kilos has to be fully hydrated. So you would have pissed in a little cup and we would have poured it on a machine and it gives us a reading. If you're dehydrated at 10% above, the weight cut is going to be harder. Ideally, you want to be on maintenance calories for a few weeks beforehand and then you want to be fully carved up as well before you start any of the more um, drastic things towards the end. Over the years, I find that if you miss weight, it's usually because you're too fat because you've too much to do in that cut period because you've been too bad on the diet. We talk about the week of the weight cut is obviously very intense and dramatic, yeah. but you kind of have to work well before that to get to that Saturday in that state and that position. Yeah. yeah. So, and depending on the person, it can take a long time to get there or a short time to get there. You know, you blow up and then the weight cut becomes harder. The weight cut becomes harder because if you have to spend your entire time of your camp depleted, by the time you get to the weight cut, you're in a depleted state. A study out of St. John Moore's University and they had uh, Rocky was Feld, Fielding. Fielding, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they had him as the person and they measured his metabolism at the start of the camp and at the end of the camp. So when you weigh in, say we, we weighed ourselves today and we, you have an equation for what your metabolism should be. So you've an average and then you're, you're above or below that. At the start of his camp, he, I think he was slightly above average for his metabolism, but by the end of his camp, he was below average. So you're not working as efficiently because mm. he had a lot of weight to cut. I, can't, I, I don't even know what fight it was for, but by the end of it, he had dropped below what he should have been. So you're trying to be in peak physical condition and because of your diet, you're not. Couple of questions on that. How do you one? How do you measure your metabolism? And two, what would um what would impair it or make it better or make it worse? Well, you basically I don't know if you see it. So sometimes people do like a VO two max test yeah, and they're wearing yeah. like a mask. Now you use the same machine, but it's a slightly different thing that in your mouth. So you're basically measuring your carbon dioxide oxygen exchange, and then based off your height, your weight, sex, age, it gives you a reading of what your metabolism should be. So it spits out a number. So you know, like you hear, you know, two thousand calories is your maintenance yeah so kind of if you were just to lie on the ground for 24 hours the number it spits out was the amount of calories needed to just maintain you mm-hmm. for that 24 hours so you exercise you're burning more calories so what can happen is if you're in a calorie deficit your body adjusts to that deficit when you return to maintenance it can ramp back up. But if you spend too long in that deficit, it can have a bad effect long-term on the body. How do you maintain good metabolism, say, but also cut weight? The the number one thing is you want to maintain lean mass. Where you start is your calories. The second thing you look at is your protein intake. So you try and keep your protein intake at two grams per kilo. So if the person is, say, 85 kilos, we're trying to get them to 77 kilos, we'll say they need to be eating 170 grams of protein per day. To maintain coronal hormonal function, you look at one gram of fat 
per day. So it would be 85 grams of fat per day. Those two things can negate some of the negative effects of the diet. Now, you can also introduce diet breaks if you've long enough, where you might do four weeks hard, a week back at maintenance, and then you continue that process depending on how much time you have. Mm. Yeah. Another thing you can do is you can manipulate where your carbohydrates come in. Right. So say on average, you take 200 grams per day for the week. But what you want to do is the harder you can train, it will keep a, a certain level of your metabolism up. And if you do resistance training, it can keep your metabolism up. Again, they're not perfect solutions, but you're just trying to do your best to make sure that that metabolism doesn't drop. So what you can do is you can have low carbohydrate days. So just say you bring your carbohydrates down to 50 grams per day and that extra 150 grams you have, you can move, manipulate that and move it around the week to fuel workouts so that when you say, if you say sparring is the most important day of the week, then you try and load your carbs around your sparring session that you can fuel it to perform at your peak and then you can take the carbohydrates after that session so that you can recover better as well from that session. So like say for instance strength training as well can keep the metabolism up but if you're doing pure strength training then like lower reps then you don't need as much carbohydrate availability so you might move a little bit of the carbohydrates and put it somewhere else as well. There's certain days where you're having high calorie days and then you're having low calorie days and that can work with maintaining metabolism and maintaining lean mass. Optimal nutrition, which would be just say you, you average out your calories and it's this, this X every day, or as I said, you can manipulate your carbs up and down. But like from a psychological point of view, it might be to keep everything else good. It might be a case of, right, we need to bring in like quote unquote cheat meal once a week to keep you in, you know, involved or even some people work better that way. Other people work better with a little bit every day or people, you know, so it's that kind of, do you need a little bit every day or a lot one day? It mightn't be optimal performance, but if psychologically you're staying with everything else better as a result of that, then you can do that. If you came to me now and says, right, I'm fighting at 76, I would say 82 is perfect to get to. Get you to 82 and then we can do the rest the week of and even in a couple of days and Saturday night you will still perform at your peak because you'll walk into the ring or you'll wake up the morning of the fight 82. Like you'll always put on a little bit during the day, but like you'll be walking in at the weight you've trained at for weeks and would be ideal for you. There is a thing of like, there's proprioception in your body. So if you drop too much, put on too much, you don't know where you are. And that's why fighters can feel off when they try and fight because it's everything is different. There's been such a drastic change in a very short period of time. And then they haven't been at that way for the entire camp. There's obviously always a battle in there with boxing. It's like, how much do I want to deplete myself and therefore blow up so I'm big on the night? Or do I just want to do it really like as least dramatic as possible? Where did you land on it? It doesn't always do what it says on the tin sometimes, <laughs> John. Like, or at least I felt. And then also you're in, you're in a bit of denial throughout camp where you might cheat from time to time. You might eat more than you should do. <laughs> Exclusive. <basically, right>? But... <laughs> You're also juggling um, an emotional roller, roller coaster of being in camp, which is um, tough physically, mentally, and emotionally. And sometimes the extra calories is what stops you from falling over the edge. Mm. It ends up coming back to bite you because if you end up indulging more in uh, carbohydrates when you don't really need them and stuff like that, it's not great. So you've got, you got two jobs, really. You've got to make the weight and you've got to fight. They don't always correlate exactly the same. You find what works best for you mentally because really it's a mental battle. Your body learns the process. Like I'd have my blood test done, you know, near the end of my career and they're like, you've got the kidneys of like a 70-year-old <laughs> who's been, you know, boozing for 50 years. You're like, 
eh, what are you gonna do like, you need to think about this this weight cut it's like yeah okay well then i just don't box anymore because <laughs> i cut from cruiser like you know it's, and i'm not a cruiser weight it's never exactly the same to be honest uh john just some sometimes and i say when it's mental like certain things work for certain people you know some people like to do pad work you know and i was like wow that sounds really hard you know because <laughs> well, during all, the cut to get the yeah, way off yeah, yeah pad work during the cut mm. obviously pad work is probably the most high intensity thing you'll do with layers on trying to sweat but also that is exhausting itself and and two you're probably going to do some shit pad work because you've got a sweatsuit on and you really want to do shit pad work make you feel bad two days before the fight you know i always try and say to people like what do you like to do if someone is sweating i, I would ideally say on a bike because when you run there's impact especially if you're dehydrated you're becoming more dehydrated you're probably a little bit carb depleted you're causing more damage to the body but if they're like psychologically that works for me I'm like okay let's run and even like from the point of view some people like to cut a lot of weight the night before the weigh in sort of like okay I'm close and other people are like no I wake up and I cut all the weight being in a depleted state for as short as time as possible is best sometimes that you know they psychologically are more relaxed as a result of that than the weight cut goes easier your stress hormone is cortisol when you release cortisol you tend to release aldosterone which can hold on to water so if you're stressed psychologically you could actually retain water more than letting it go so you're always kind of playing with it, those two things is George going to be more relaxed doing it this way versus well physiologically this might be a little bit better I was like that throughout camp as well Dick mm. <laughs> just stay facts or stressed <laughs> and I was stressed because I was fat so was like, <laughs> vicious circle vicious circle there, there's this idea and I know Shane is big on it I, I, I seem to remember is that you can get light too early and then like in your camp and then like that might sound like a good idea because then your, your cut's going to be less dramatic, but then it's going to affect how you train. Is that true for boxers? You don't want to get kind of too close to your fighting weight too soon. So say, for instance, we started today and I was like, right, we'll pinch you, see what your caliper readings are and figure out how much body fat we can actually lose. I just want to get rid of that as mm. quick as possible. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then whatever the weight is then. So as I said, it's like some people are better at cutting weight than other people so their fighting weight might be different than they could be in the same weight class now when I say different it's like one or two kilos different for that person like George was saying there I want them to get to that 8 to 12% as quick as possible so then we can bump calories back up and then they train at that level that weight so then when they fight like they make the weight come back up that's the weight they're going to be in the ring so they've a lot more time doing their strength and conditioning, doing their boxing, doing everything at that weight so their body knows this is what I fight at. Out of camp, if they can maintain weight better, lose a little bit at the start and then stay there for as long as possible, that would be perfect. You want to be kind of different weights for different stages of camp as well. It was a bit like what you said earlier, John, where there'd be like maybe three, four weeks of in intense sort of diet, whatever, then you'd have a week off, keep shocking the metabolism, giving yourself a better week of training maybe or a different phase of training. Even if I came into camp at a good weight, so if I came in at 83 kilos and I've got to get down to 76, so uh, I've got to take seven kilos off and I've got 10 weeks. If I take off a kilo a week, I've got three weeks to fall behind. And even then, that's if I make 76. Mm. I've probably only got to get down to 79 maybe. I could lose less than half a kilo a week and still be flying. Say my optimal weight is 79 kilos. I wouldn't want to get down 79 kilos as quick as possible and then spend six weeks at 79 kilo. Even then I could run the risk of peaking too soon. When everything kicks into gear and you're flying and you're feeling great, it's almost impossible to maintain that for a sustained amount of time. Sometimes I haven't had to cut an awful lot, but 
unboxing on a Sauland undercard in like Magdeburg. Big up Magdeburg. Uh, yeah, I've gone out there. Where is that? Exactly. <laughs> I've, uh, I'm staying in their little hotel off the beaten track and I've brought a couple of bin liners and a bathroom <laughs> scales and I'm hoping for the best, you know? And sometimes you're like, oh. I remember it, I was in this gym, but I didn't investigate any further until like the night before. I'd only arrived probably maybe even Thursday. Yeah. And I thought, I'll be in there tonight. Went in there and the bike was older than me. And, <laughs> and like, like John says, I'm, Penny not farthing. Out, I'm not running outside in the middle of nowhere. I'll jump on the bike. This bike was awful. I was like, oh, I grinded out what I could. 20 minutes of just boring media. I was like, right, I'm getting in the sauna. So I sat in the sauna and I look like a lunatic. Do you know what I mean? I've got like sweatsuit, plastic bag, da -da, this, that, and all these layers on. I'm laying there and then this German lady got in and she freaked out Imagine. She, and she wouldn't have any plastic in the sauna like she's like oh, yeah, she yeah. thought she was gonna get poisoned <laughs> i was like do you mind if you just can you just have it for 20 minutes and you come in and she went no uh, i don't usually lose my call but i went from zero to 100 <laughs> i was ready to oh, do hard time at that point i was like okay right so um yeah that was a bit of a of a tough one have you john have you done a weight cut yourself several yeah several yeah yeah and will you play with will you, so will you measure what your weigh in, what your body fat is, and then determine, right, I'm going to try and get off 3% or 5% or 10%. How far have you pushed it? I think the biggest I did was seven. I wonder if I did it again, because at the time, and I've kind of looked into this a lot more, is how well you sweat. So you can train yourself for how well you sweat. One of the things boxers do, and it's, you know, with the, the sweat stuff and you're, you're training to sweat. And I was like, why are they doing this weeks out from the fight? This is stupid. But actually, a lot of recent research has come out to say, basically what you're doing there is you're training your sweat glands to sweat. So when you're born to age two, you make your sweat glands. So at beyond age two, it's pretty much set. So you can have anywhere from two to four million sweat glands. So the more heat exposure you have before age two, the more sweat glands you have. So you have atrophy, which is to shrink, and hypertrophy, which is to grow. So you can hypertrophy the sweat glands you do have. So the bigger the sweat glands, the more you can sweat. So you have someone that can sweat a lot, they can dehydrate quicker. And if you train the sweat glands, what tends to happen is your core body temperature tends to be lower for the same exposure as someone else. So it's not as stressful to the body. So with that in mind, depending on how hydrated you are, would that make a difference on how quickly you sweat or is it all just down to- No, no, it would, mode? yeah. So the more dehydrated you are, the, the harder it is to sweat. Put it into sort of a practical context, Deck. So you'll be in the sauna, you're trying to break that sweat, uh, you're layered up, you might have some sort of grease on your skin that helps create the heat, but also lets the sweat come out. You've got layers on plastic, whatever. And you're hanging on in there because you want to just get off this last pound. What you desperately can't be bothered to do is take all your clothes off and you've still got 0 0.4, 0 0.5 to go. You've got to do it again. So, yeah, so then you've got to get dressed. You've got to put all that horrible, stinking, sweaty, cold, rank clothes <laughs> Where, back on. Yeah. You're already tired. There's like three people there watching you do it. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're eager to help, but you don't really want to get dressed, at this, dressed by someone else at this point. So you're sitting there, you're like... Right, come on, let's do one more round. We do rounds today. Uh, I'll come out in between, have a minute outside, let the cold air in my face go back in. 
and I'll do three rounds. And then you, you've done the two rounds and you're hanging on in there. And you're like, oh, I can feel it. The sweat's coming. The sweat's coming. I can feel it. I can feel it. It's coming here. But do I start sweating from the top down? Like, if you come <laughs> up my head first, what's my belly feel like? If my belly's soaking wet, then I'm just pumping out. It's coming through my chest. But I can't get my hand up my sweatsuit to get it in to have a, a good old feel. I feel like, let me try and pull my leg out, see if it's, it's dripping down my socket. No, no, that bit feels dry, but the head's wet, right? I'll do one more round. Nah, fuck it. I'm getting out. That's enough. I've done it. No, you ain't. You've, you've, lost, you've lost nothing. Right, I'll do one more round. No, uh, that one more round. I'm not putting these clothes on again. I'll do two more rounds. I'll do two more rounds. I, oh, I can feel it. I've got to put my hand in now. I can feel my belly sweating. I'll jump out. You've lost like a kilo and a half. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I've overcooked it. I was only 30 seconds left. But teaching yourself to sweat, that was something that I picked up on the last phase of my career. I never used to like to train hocks. I thought, Training is the important bit. Or make you know, if you're training with layers on, you're not going to train to your best ability. So strip off. You know, you get your t-shirt and shorts, so you're nice and cool. But then finish the session. I jump in the infrared sauna, which is 20 minutes, half an hour. It was at a lower, lower heat, so it was much more comfortable. And luckily, Shane had one a gym, the Mugwigan gym, so you could jump in there. And at the end of most sessions, half an hour in there, just to keep the sweat going, and just obviously teach yourself to sweat. But it's as you said, it, it, like that's what we do with a lot of people. Like, so we work with SBG MMA with some of those fighters and they have a sauna in the gym and a lot of them will do that. They'll finish their session and literally just get into the sauna for 20, 30 minutes. And that's all it takes because as you said, is like you don't want to hinder your training. If you're jumping on a bike and just doing it and you're watching videos on your phone or something like that, that's fine. But if you're trying to do pad work, trying to do sparring, trying to do strength and condition, you shouldn't be wrapping up. It should be an additional easy session or you just throw it in at the end. What do we need to put back into our bodies at that point, John, just for the listeners? Because obviously if you're sweating, you're losing a lot of the salts and... The, the easiest thing, and, and this goes for towards the end of the wake up, it's always 150%. If you weigh yourself before the sauna and you lose one kilo, you want to drink 1.5 litres of water. And I, I, that's towards the end of the wake up. So if you wake up Thursday morning, whatever you wake up at Thursday morning, when you weigh in Friday, whatever the drop is, so if it's a three kilo drop, then it's four and a half litres of water water you need to um drink you know when you see these fighters they weigh in and they get given this big drink and it's kind of fluorescent pink or whatever what's in that typically so normally what i would recommend is within a liter of water would be 60 grams of carbohydrates 30 grams of protein five grams of creatine and maybe five grams of glutamine so all of that is going to contribute to rehydrating you so the two big things you lose the week of the fight are your fluids and your glycogen stores they're the main things you want to replace you divide from when you weigh in to when you go to bed into hours and then you try and make sure that it's spread out over those times because a mistake people can make is they're like really thirsty they drink water too fast their body can't absorb it. it just sits in your stomach you get this like distended belly and then you're not hungry and you can't eat your food that you need to eat so it's like you need to you know space it out as much as po as possible as I like I try and say to the fighters from when you weigh in to when you go to bed that's your, your window of refueling it doesn't have to be 2 hours 12 hours so the longer you have between weighing in and the fight the better Speaking from your position as a medical professional, how unhealthy is it and how damaging is it making weight? So as part of my PhD, we did uh, we did three BAT studies. And the last BAT study, we uh, used measures of performance. So we did a vertical jump, isometric mid-type pull and grip strength as the performance indicators. Now, we can have arguments about whether they 
transfer, but they're the ones we used. And then we did some uh, pinprick blood analysis for uh, electrolytes and a couple of other things. And we measured hydration levels from when they started to when they finished, everything returned to normal. You can argue whether the tests we used were sensitive enough. There is an argument about that, but everything pretty much returned to normal. Now, some people will say that the, the hydration in the brain takes the longest. We had no way of measuring that, so I don't know on that one. But from what we've seen, and we were only doing 24 hours from when they finished the cut to when we retested them, and everything returned to normal that we were testing. Did you ever feel, George, well, how did you feel at that point, so you've, you've cut and you've met you kind of at the weigh-in. The reason I'm asking this, I'm thinking the Frotch rematch weigh-in, which was this big event at Wembley Arena. And I remember it was packed in there. I remember you coming out and I remember you looked like you were on another planet. And that might have just been the adrenaline and the show rather than how you were feeling on the weight front. But I remember just thinking, what's actually going through his head? Every fight was a little bit different in how, how tight I was at the weight or how the weight cut went or what the fight was. So when if I'm fighting Cole Frotch in the rematch, I know he's going to pick on me for being tight at the weight. Mm. I'm sizing him up and he was really lean for a guy who sort of naturally, he's really lean. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, uh, are you just trained harder? Are you a bit more manic and mental, which probably was the case? Or is this a, a little bit harder for you this time around? The weight cut was harder on the first fight than was the second fight. I was a bit more stressed out in the first fight. I'd had a falling out of Adam Booth, who was my manager. Um, and then we'd gone to this board hearing to sort of try and figure it out. That week was a write-off and put me a week behind. So I had to actually catch up a little bit. Come fight week, we rented these apartments in Manchester that were was an absolute dive. We, <laughs> we, sweated out, we sweated out in a car park down in the bottom. We found a little room in a car park. We, we, we thought me, Paddy and Barry were carrying these little portable radiators we found in the room downstairs trying to get it nice and hot in there i'd never done a weight cut with paddy before and i think he, he his anxiety levels were were raising i was like mate don't worry about it we're not we're doing you want to look strong you don't want to look mm. fragile you can't hide it you can't fake it like your face look, looks different for a well, start yeah, <laughs> you gotta I mean, hide that as i say that first fight with shane is um i got picked up by um deluso cars like they've done me a solid they're like oh can we'll pick you up posh car really fancy car tvs in the back blah, blah, blah. all we want is a picture i was like yeah sure and i was thinking please don't take a picture of me <laughs> i look like skeletor do you know what i mean <laughs> i boxed in vegas way down the card on a golden boy show it was Manuel Marquez Diaz 2 and the Mandalay Bay did the weigh in had a, a shit weight cut obviously Vegas like I was just made, <laughs> I went in their gym and it was rubbish so I was doing laps in there so they had quite a big sauna so I was walking up and down in their sauna with all these layers on it wasn't an awful lot but it was enough at that stage of my career and then I went out and had a walk up the strip and it was in the summer so yeah, it's it hot. hot I got back did the weigh in went to the Mandalay buffet and I was like I'll have, <laughs> I'll have last place you want I'll to be pasta, it's so about had, 50 bucks as well yeah yeah well yeah I don't know you ain't getting your money's worth if you want to cut then. Yeah. water I was like, I need some water. So she's bringing me out cups of water, but I could, I felt like I could taste the washing up liquid in it. Yeah, I threw up after that. Two glasses of water, uh, a bowl of spag bowl, went upstairs, threw up. No spag bowl came up, just the water. It was the weirdest thing I've ever done. So I don't know what went wrong with my body that day. Were you going up and down the strip with your sweat gear on? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> fit yeah. right in. No, there. Yeah. Have, no one even bat an eyelid in Vegas. <laughs> no, you, know, yeah, you fit right in. But that's another thing of when you weigh in, you want to take, as I said, you want to take your time, but you want to really chew your food and you want to eat stuff that's like easy to digest. So you don't want to be having like 
steak or something like that you want to be having you know like I always think like the first meal is like overnight oats I get them to have that with they might put a scoop of protein powder in it and some fruit in it um, and then they'll be having like jelly babies as well because it's as I said it's like you're just trying to replace the glycogen which is sugar they just chew on that what you're trying to do is you're trying to space it out so in cycling they look at uh, how fast you can absorb carbohydrates and it's usually about 60 grams per hour in the state people are you could probably pump that up to 90 grams of carbs per hour so we try and say well because you're so depleted probably try and space it for like 90 grams but 90 grams over the first hour then 90 grams over the second hour and then we probably drop it back down to 60 grams an hour if they if they still want to go because it happens to a lot of people where they just consume too quickly and they either mm. puke or shit themselves mm. like so you, you really want to try and slow it down and and sometimes it's like with people it's like right you, you hand them the bottle and go right this is this is all you're getting for the next half an hour now mm. they might scull it but then it's like right well you're not getting another one for a half an hour so you're kind of mitigating what they're doing and then I always think it's a good idea that after that initial intake to try and have a nap and that almost just like resets them a little bit they wake up they're a bit fresher from way in to when they go to bed it's like I would like them to have between 8 and 10 grams per kilo so if you were 80 kilos it's like up to about 800 grams of carbs from when you weigh in to when you go to bed is that a lot of carbs that's, that's a, lot a lot of carbs, carbs isn't it yeah but you're so depleted yeah yeah, yeah. you're so depleted it's needed and how, again, how, how do you best consume that because volume wise that's a lot of pasta so how are you getting that amount of so as I said that first oh, litre oh, that, that's sugar. 60 grams that's 60 grams counting towards it something like um, a leukocyte sport or and one of them a 330 milliliter bottle is about 35 grams so they might have two of them the coconut water will have a little bit of carbs in that and then the overnight oats then say a packet like 100 grams of jelly babies is about 70 to 80 grams of Sure, of carbohydrates and again it's like what I say to them if you're starting to feel full and starting to feel unwell relax so it's kind of real sugary stuff and then after that I always like a mix so that's why I like take some from oats take some from rice take some from potatoes so you work with MMA fighters boxers and any other sports or yeah yeah so it would be mainly fighters for the weight cut now with the boxers um, and MMA as I said professional is day before amateur can be morning of so you what I'm talking about here is way smaller so for uh, I'm working with a couple of amateur boxers in Ireland at the minute and you're only doing one to three percent because they have to weigh in in the morning that they could be fighting three four hours later so you want to minimize the amount they're they're losing and everything is just tightened up boxers like if they're fighting uh, an MMA can be the same with amateur if they're in a, like a multi-day tournament that, and if they weigh in every day you know as I said 1-2% to 2 is all you're doing every day so they, you know that's where the diet part is way more important where you have to diet them as close to the weight as possible so that you're not sticking them in a sauna half an hour before they have to compete Tell us what it's like in, or this I imagine, in fight hotels, because listeners don't know there's often a fight hotel where all the fighters are in there on the Thursday night at kind of 10 p.m. Does it just turn into like a kind of abattoir of just people walking about <laughs> covered in bags in, in the sauna? Are you all like giving yourself like little knowing nods? Have you ever seen your opponent like cutting weight as well? And If it was, if I was main event, I wouldn't stay at the fight hotel. No, cause that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't want to see them. <laughs> yeah. I don't want them to see me. I don't want little hangers on saying, oh, I saw George. He's, he's wandering around with a black bag you know and I'm shouting at a woman yeah. in the sauna again <laughs> <laughs> or and then when I was coming through the cards I was here there and everywhere I was never really you know I was, I was fighting on everyone else's show 
was so no one really paid much attention to me and sometimes i was out in the states sometimes i was in germany sometimes i'd be on a you know matchroom card warren card this card that card frank maloney so you must have seen like that john yeah so, here, here the lock the doors like the doors lock is like it's fucking cutting time now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's my because in boxing now the, the cards always involved in they usually have two hotels so they split the card with UFC cards, uh, all the fighters are in one hotel. Mm. And George, last one before we have a break off the top of your head, what was your worst cut? Yeah, that was the last one. The was last, it? Yeah, this last fight, I had to cut a lot of weight. Not a sensible amount of weight, not a healthy amount of weight. Camp was impossible because I wasn't... Um, you were rehabbing. Rehabbing mm. the shoulder. So that was eating into a lot of sessions that would do that would usually help with the Big weight. Big sweaty ones. Plus I was starting way heavier than I usually would because I couldn't do any training while my shoulder was knackered because... There was nothing I could do. Do you know what I mean? And even sitting on a bike, cycling. You couldn't lean. It wouldn't, yeah. yeah. Couldn't <laughs> lean. So I'm not going to, I would be that that old lady who sits in the gym and watches, you know, um, <laughs> Midsummer Murders. Housewives or, you know, <laughs> loose women cycling there and sending a text. So that was just pointless. So yeah, I, that was work. That was bad. That was really, really bad. Were you just thinking that, I'm so glad I ain't doing this again? Was that getting you through? A bit like what Carl was saying during his camp for your second fight. He was like, I knew this was the last one, so it kind of got me through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be all done. right. Yeah, I'll yeah. be all right. I'd end up spending a lot of money. You get six flights included, but I'd ended up, there was more of us going and I had to pay for the visas and stuff like this. I'd spent a lot of money getting out there. So the morning of before I was going to go, I was like, I'm going to go for a sweat run. Flights hold water weight for me. I don't know if that's the same yeah, in general, yeah. but you, you actually test dehydrated but you weigh more and it stick to you so you'd get off the kick get off the plane two kilos heavier and it would take four days to budge so i always had to fly i think i flew out monday for that fight fighting saturday morning of i was running out for a run i was like do i go do i not do i want it do i not do i want to go again and we're gonna fight everyone's ready to go now <laughs> I, I might as well just go yeah. i'll be all right that's the only time in my career where i've had that feeling of just like really lackluster but um i was like yeah it's a lot on the table it was ring magazine belt mm. good money good money good fight yeah, you couldn't have pulled out pioneering then. you know first professional world title in saudi i was like oh, this is a lot of cool stuff and you had the lego to build as well and i had a lego bugatti <laughs> for the room yeah <laughs> that was like tipped it, tipped it over. Yeah, exactly if i didn't have that then i, I wouldn't have made it Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right, deck is feature time, mate. Okay. Slightly different today because we got a weight cutting guest in. Yeah. His name is uh, Dr. John Connor. Yeah. What do you I think know what I'm thinking. Think? As soon as I'm hearing John Connor, I'm thinking Terminator. <laughs> Terminator 2 is still the winner. See, normally we have, we have everyone has a bit of input into these, John, but this one was just pure George. Q feature. Hasta la vista, gravy. John, welcome to our latest feature of the GGBC. Right, inspiration this week is taken from The Weakest Link because we need to bank a £20 weight cut for this feature, right? We need to bank it, right? One correct answer will get you £0.2, right? Then the next one gains you an additional 03 because it goes yeah, up. Yeah, it's, like, it's not money, but it's pounds, right? I'll read you off the chart, even though we won't care about it. But one is 0.2, two gets you up to 0.5, three to one, four to two, five to 4.5, six to six, seven to eight, eight to 11, nine to 15, and then 10 will get you the £20 weight thing. <sighs> 20 in a row right but obviously if you get one wrong we go back to scratch yeah. so you have to bank it we can bank it whenever we want okay. Ross is eagerly sitting there he's going to keep scoring Ross is going to scratch his head going what has he just <laughs> said the numbers as we go along, right? scratching me yeah. head as well <laughs> who wants to go first you're the guest John what John, do you reckon right, first or second you first John right one US Olympic light heavyweight champion who later goes on to become heavyweight world champion in the 1960s Cassius Clay yes great five times lineal world champion and eight division world champion Record holder. Manny Pacquiao. Yes. The heaviest world champion in history. Value F. Yes. Bank. <laughs> Which of these weight classes is the lightest? Fly, bantamweight, feather. Fly. Excluding bridger weight, how many professional male cla- uh, weight classes are there? 15, 17, or 21? 15. Oh, 17. Right. <laughs> they changed it. Well, Natasha- he's the expert. I might give you that one. Natasha <laughs> Jonas has won titles in how many weight divisions? One, three, or five? Three. 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 Yes. Roy Jones has won world titles at middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight, and which other weight division? Heavyweight. Yes. Ricky Burns is a yes. world champion in how many weight divisions? Three. Longest reigning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Longest reigning middleweight champion in history. Golovkin? No. Bernard oh. Hopkins. Oh, piss. Professional uh, men's heavyweight boxing deck starts yeah. at what weight? 200 pounds. Yes. John, what is minimum weight? Is it 105 pounds, 108, or 112? So 48 kilos, 49 kilos, 51. 48. Yes. Nice. Ricky Hatton beat Kostiat Zoo in which division? Light welter, 140 yes. pounds. Bank. Yes. 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 Tyson Fury's career highest weight, John, was for a fight was 255, 277, or 299 pounds? 277. On the yes. buzzer. Yes. On the buzzer. Come on. Should we keep going? Yeah, go Fuck on. Okay, let's finish off. Sugar Ray Leonard beat Marvin Hagler at what weight? Ooh, middleweight. Yes. Katie Taylor won gold at the London 2012 Olympics. What weight? 61 kilos, whatever that is. Lightweight. Lightweight, yes. Yes. Joe Calzaghe beat Jeff Lacey to retain his WA world oh. title. What weight? Middle? Super middle. Super middle. Super middle, fuck to Floyd Mayweather went to the 1996 Olympic Games at what weight? Bantam, feather or light welter? Bantam. Feather. Oh. Roberto cool. Duran won yeah. his first world title against Ken Buchanan. 1972, which division? Lightweight. Yes. Barry McGuigan won his world title at what weight in 1985? Super featherweight. Featherweight. Oh, oh. That's, a good, that's a good effort. Which British cruiserweight is the longest reigning world oh, champion? Oh, Johnny Nelson. Yes. Fuck. Right. 
Javante Davis is a WBA world champion in which division? Lightweight? Yes. Nice. So Alvarez lost to Dimitri Bivol at what weight? Light heavyweight. Yes. Come on, bang. Woo. I actually didn't do too bad. Yeah, that was yeah, solid. Yeah. That was pretty good. Fuck knows if he got the 20 pound off. That was good. Not bad. Hasta la vista. Gravy. Gravy. That was one of your best, uh, that was one of the best features you've done, George. Well done. That's going to be up for an award. Hasta la vista. Gravy. Day-to-day life, what's it look like for you? Are you just with fighters now? Are you just with... So, or are, you, are you in a doc GP surgery somewhere? No, no. <laughs> in part, we, I own a company called Irish Strength Institute. We have three gyms. Um, there's three owners slash directors, and we're each in one gym. I'm in a gym. I don't mind saying I'd be a personal trainer. Mm. The majority of what I do is just deal with general population, and then I fighters on top of that. Where's your gym? All three of them are in Dublin. Okay. Uh, one in Malahide, one in Artane, one in the city centre. Are you water loading any of your uh, PT clients? <laughs> some of them do, some of it. Like, but they see that it's so funny. Like women will see because I have the studies I've published on the walls in the gym, mm. and they see how much people lose, and they're like, "Can I?" I do that and I'm like it's not fat it's, you know, it's not fat you know so they're like oh can I do that for a wedding or I'm like well if you want to feel terrible all day you could do it for a wedding but yeah water loading before the wedding <laughs> I just cut 10 pound for that yeah. that was brilliant in yeah. the sauna overnight oh brilliant so any fighters you're working with that we need to keep an eye out for in boxing I've a guy Thomas Carty Irish heavyweight mm. so he'll be fighting for a title soon and then in MMAs there's some we have some good guys coming through probably I'd say the top guy is a guy, Max Lally. He's only 20 now at the minute. He could be the next McGregor. He's the next Conor McGregor. Yeah. Different yeah. style, but, you know, MMA-wise... He makes be weight better as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he, he did make weight. He, like, he had huge weight cuts, McGregor. Mm. Anything else, George, you need to know about the weight cut before we let John go? I'm glad we addressed, you need sensible parameters in involves, you know, you can't just keep cutting weight. It's important. It is really important. It's a very dangerous, ambiguous part of boxing. But, the, but the weight cut as well is like the fight. You don't lose the fight on the night. You lose it because you haven't prepared properly. And the weight cut is the same. If you're missing weight, it's because you haven't prepared properly. So you work with general population people who a lot of the time, I'm sure, will come to you and say, I want to lose body fat. Yeah. The principles are the same. Exact same. Yeah. yeah. The, where they get to might be different. It, the, the time frame might be different, but the body is the body. You got your weight division, uh, and then you got your your natural fighting weight, and you're not there to cut ridiculous amounts of weight to go down division after division. It's just sometimes your your fighting weight might be a little bit too heavy for for the weight you're competing at. So you do have to just take a little bit off uh, the night before the weigh in, or the week before the weigh in, or however you do it, and then you put it back on sensibly. Last bit of housekeeping, I just saw it on my sheet. We ask everyone who comes in to give us a tune. So it can be your hypothetical ring walk. It could be, oh, I'm sure you're in the gym a lot. It could be the tune that you put on when you need a little push. So uh, what Nigel Ben used to come out to, don't you want your, don't you want my loving? He used to come out Oh to that. yeah, that's yeah. a tune. Who's that by? Yeah, Felix. Felix, don't you yeah. want my love? There you go, yeah. This is the one. This is the one. Okay. Yes. John, thanks so much for coming that in. That was amazing. Oh, really, really good. Really fascinating stuff and hopefully really educational for I mean, for the listener who's always wondered, but also some fighters. So if you if you want to make weight properly as a fighter, let's get on to, to Dr. John Connor. Yeah. Has the Vista gravy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It'll put you in the right Shame direction. Shame you already finished because you learned a lot there. You've done all your weight cuts in Magdeburg. Touchy. <laughs> all the way from Dublin as well John thanks for that really appreciate that no problem he's in the club we've got a doctor in the club George yes happy days how about that then Deck? 
How about that then, George? John Connor is in the club, didn't get caught by T1000, taught us all how to make weight. And I'm about to go and, you know, dry myself out and stand on the scales of my pants. You mentioned how about that. Do you know that's turned into a bit of a, a bit of a catchphrase? Well, that was what I was hoping for. I'm a catchphrase Was it actually? Man. Yeah, well, I don't know. I end up having these rehearsed patterns of speech even. And how about that? Yeah, do you think it's a catchphrase? Do you think, has, anyone, has anyone cottoned on? Has anyone sort of realised that that's kind of how I surmise every show? It's funny you should say that, George, because Andy McLean has been in touch on Instagram. He that's said, hi, great, lads. That's a great name first. Proper name, that Andy, Andy McLean. He said, hi, lads. The name for the new post-fight pod has got to be how about that then deck but the bout obviously b-o-u-t like a like about a fight uh, as george says this to deck after every guest how about that then george how about that then deck that's that's a great suggestion i don't think i'll come up with anything better and essentially no. i've come up with it myself so well done andy mcclean it's a front runner isn't it it's a front runner i mean this is still up there's still time for debate but we've got a lot of great fights coming up that we are eager to uh, review and we yeah. want <sighs> Well, we, we need the pod name to uh, to kick it off with a bang. Otherwise, I'm mm. just, you know, it's hard for me to get motivated, isn't it? If we're not yeah. smashing out the sort of the magic work, then, yeah. What's so, the point? Yeah. What is the point? No, you're right. How can the listeners get in touch and tell us the name? So we're looking for titles for that and also for our new celebrity series. I think the best way to get in touch with us, Deck, is via our socials, as always, at GG Boxing Club on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Uh, can you message someone on TikTok or do they have to do a little video of themselves suggesting the name and send it into TikTok? I no, don't know. I'm not a, a TikTok no idea. Send us a TikTok with your suggestion, like in the most... Uh, uh, imaginable way you can also send us voice note on on the gram as well also those of you again inspired or already on uh, Strava our GGBC Shreds group is still going come and join the community and you can hit us up on there as well we want feature ideas guest suggestions as well for people in and outside boxing now obviously Rob Beckett was a great start because he knew his boxing so if you know of someone like a celebrity who's a big boxing fan or has a connection to boxing that we might not be aware of we want to hear it so we're thinking someone like Ray Winstone who used to box for Repton and people like that they're absolutely on the list but if you know people with that little connection to boxing you might not necessarily think are into in the sport we want to hear that too also, if you listen on Spotify, which many of you do, check out our playlist, The Ring Walk. You can get to that via our link tree on the Twitter page. Also on the link tree, George, is a link to the merch. And if you want a hoodie, got to get one pretty, pretty sharpish. And if you want to stay hydrated... I mean, there's a vessel for you with our name on it. You can listen to us deck ad-free on Amazon Music. We're back on Monday, George. It's a big week, isn't it? We'll have a, a little look back at Akoli at the weekend, who fights uh, this weekend. Benavidez versus... Who's he fighting deck, tell me? Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant. Oh, Spard what a fight Caleb. that is. It's a great fight. I'm working. I'm up Channel 5. You've got Lyndon Arthur up in uh, Bolton. Back in action. He's back to winning ways. We're going to keep the run going. Coley, headline in Manchester, defend his world title and a good card underneath him. Benavidez, plant from the States. And we will look ahead to the heavyweight clash at the O2 Arena. Uh, Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin Jermaine Franklin yeah Franklin obviously but yeah high stakes for Joshua we'll get into it next week but core his career is on the line um, who we got ordinary programming Wednesday George first of all deck 
it's not just who we got Wednesday. It's what's happening Wednesday. It's only our 50th episode Wednesday. We made it. We've been half we've century. Been chugging along for a half century. Can you believe it or not? That's just a little raise of the bat and just a little take the applause, just a little smattering of applause for your half century and then get your head down and look for the 100. We wanted a, a you know, a substantial guest, someone chunky, someone who's got a fantastic story. And we have got none other than the brilliant Anthony Agogo. Anthony Agogo has come on, has kindly joined the club to take us way back uh, to the very start. A former stable mate of mine in that we were amateur GB before GB existed, England teammates together. We travelled the world together, um, shared a room in Crystal Palace and in Manchester and in Durham and in Azerbaijan and all these other mad places we used to have to go. Got a fantastic story. And now, Deck, professional wrestler. So this is one definitely not to be missed. I know it's going to be good, Deck. Woo! 